That Metal Interview. On this episode of That Metal Interview, we have a treat for all the Striper fanatics. The people asking uh, to interview one of the Striper guys. The time has come, and here it is. This is our interview with the frontman and guitarist. Well, at least one of the guitarists for Striper. Frontman and guitarist, songwriter. And this guy writes some killer some killer riffs ever since the 80s so you guys gotta check out their new album as you should check out all their albums of course but their latest effort latest album is called even the devil believes 11 great tracks you guys have to check this out man right now right now i'm gonna spin their latest video single by the name of divider let's check out their latest video and single divider and we'll be right back
there you had it. A great, great song. Divider from the new album, Even the Devil Believes. Pick it up, stream it, download it, or however you listen to music nowadays. You got to check this out. So anyways, I want to apologize ahead of time. Uh, we got uh, many, many questions, many, many fan questions that is uh, through online, through social media, people wanting to send Michael some questions. And of course, uh, these musicians, these artists, uh, they can be uh, they can be interviewing for for two hours or whatever. In other words, I had too many questions and uh, I could only squeeze in the ones that could fit in there, you know. So uh, my apologies to the, the fans that didn't get to hear their questions uh, being asked to Michael Sweet. So I apologize. And uh, the ones that uh, got their questions in there, cool. And uh, congrats. So let's check out the interview with Michael Sweet. And we hope you guys enjoy this interview with Michael Sweet. Crank it up, man. Congrats on your new album, uh, Even the Devil Believes, uh, number one Billboard Top Christian Albums. Yeah, we're very happy. Um, it's it, an album we worked very hard on, and we're all very uh, excited about you know the performances. Each guy is very excited about his own performance and the way it turned out during these tough times. Um, everything fell into place, and we weren't really sure or certain what to expect. But once all was said and done, it wound up being uh, very successful, and it wound up also being one of our best albums, maybe even our best album, uh, one of the best albums we've ever released. So it's really incredible to uh, still be making music, uh, you know, 37 years later and, uh, you know, raising the bar with each album that we make. It's exciting. What would you say is the difference uh, between the last album or uh, any, any previous albums? Well, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, between the last four albums, uh, especially. We've been on a, a certain path, uh, you know, trying to, you know, basically get back to our roots in the classic Striper sound, but also, you know, not release an album that sounds like it came out of 1986 or seven. Right. It's important to kind of merge the two, the classic uh, throwback retro sound with uh, some modern flavors and still sound somewhat relevant in 2020. And that's what we've been trying to do. So the last four albums have a lot of similarities but many differences as well. <clears throat> you know, this album isn't a, a carbon copy of the last album, but yet there are similarities. Uh, we've got a certain uh, format that we stick to, the, the way we record, the way we set up an album and prepare for an album, the engineer we use, the studio we use. So, you know, because of that, and we love that format, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna find those similarities, and and it's going to be uh, it's gonna continue the way that it's been. You know, I'm trying to figure out the right way to, to put it, but it's right. we're not gonna we're not gonna fix what ain't broken. You know, the old saying, we're, don't don't reinvent the wheel. That's, we're not trying to do that. We're trying to just continue uh, retaining and, and keeping alive that classic striper sound, uh, but yet improving upon it. How can you tell if a song is uh, going to be on a, on a solo album or or on a striper album? What's the difference there? You know, I don't. There is no difference. I don't really think about it. I just sit down when it's time to do a striper album. I sit down and I write the album. 
and I don't really give it a second thought and or sit and uh, debate or uh, discuss or ponder, you know, oh my gosh, how can I make this different? This has to be a striper. I just start writing songs and <clears throat> whatever comes out, comes out. That's why there's some, there's some songs on every Striper album that people say, oh, it sounds like a solo album. And there's some songs on every solo album that people say, oh, it sounds like it should be on a Striper album. It, you know, I've, I've been the primary songwriter for the band since since the beginning. Right. And uh, I don't really think about it. I just write from the heart and in the moment and hope for the best. And you know, I don't I don't sit there and try to break it down that way. I understand that. I play some guitar myself, and uh, here's a musician question. Uh, when you write a song, do you write the riff first, or you, or you, you sit down with a spiral and, you know, you do I, I do. I write the riff first. It always starts with the riff. Uh, at least lately. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it might have started with just chords. Uh, and, and chord changes or, or a melody. But these days, it's always about the riff. Uh, I'll come up with a riff. Sometimes I'll hum a riff into my phone. I'll be out shopping or whatever and traveling, and I'll have a riff idea in my head, and I'll hum it into my phone. Da, 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 you know? Yeah. And then I'll get home, and I'll uh, translate that to a, a guitar structure and figure out the, the proper way to play that and chord that on a guitar. And that becomes a song. Uh, but it's always about the riff. Once I have the riff idea, mm -hmm. I'll basically uh, create uh, a drum loop, that a pattern, drum pattern that feels right with that riff and really emphasizes the way the riff should sound and the groove. And then I'll, from that point on, it's just fast motion. It, it, it happens very quickly. And that might take a, a 10 or 15 minute, uh, it might be a 10 or 15 minute process. And then once I have the groove and the riff, it's about a one to two hour process to finish the song musically. I first heard of you guys uh, back in 86, I believe, uh, To Hell with the Devil. Was the songwriting process the same there or was it a different process there? always been the same I mean with technology it's um, gotten a little easier you know back in the day I couldn't just sit down with a, a computer and a Bluetooth speaker and <laughs> go in any go in any room and write you know now I can yeah. I can I can write while I'm traveling I can write in my car I can I can pretty much do whatever I want to do wherever I want to do it uh, so that's made life a lot easier but I mean for the most part the way the songs have actually been arranged and put together that really hasn't changed much I read uh, somewhere you got sick during the recording of uh, In God We Trust so you, you used some uh, voice enhancers and this and that that's what I read um, it, it, no I got sick, but we oh. didn't use voice enhancers. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I got sick and uh, wound up having to take some time off. And then when I came back, because I was coming out of that sickness and my voice wasn't at 100%, we took a lot more time to get the vocals and really worked extra hard on those vocals, so much so that I feel they were overproduced. Mm -hmm. We did some things like with the background vocals, we did a lot of very speed. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we would slow down uh, the machines and sing and then put them back at regular speed and then sing and then speed them up and then sing to create like different tones and textures in the voices. Uh, even did that with the lead vocal uh, on some parts and, and you can pretty much hear that. I mean, my voice yeah. has never sounded so high right. than on that, on that album, but no vo- voice enhancers reused okay i know you've been asked this question many times for the people that don't know uh why don't you guys play stuff from that album and god we trust live well the, the truth be known and i've said this before you know for a few reasons and it doesn't mean that we won't it just means that it's it's a much more difficult album to pull off and the reason why is because of the production Mm-hmm. There's a lot more going on with the production. The vocals are bigger. The guitars are, are more. There's more tracks. There's more keyboard tracks. There's, you know, instead of 24 tracks or 32 tracks uh, uh, digitally on that album, we were 48 tracks. Yeah. You know, and even 74 tracks. Wow. Yeah, yeah or 72 tracks. Excuse me. Uh, we were there was there were a few songs where we had three machines locked up together. Yeah. Uh, and we had never done that on any album prior to that or after that. So, you know, it's just so produced. And then I'm singing so high in the stratosphere. In order to perform those songs, we really need to transpose them yeah. and bring them down a half a step or a step, which we've done with songs like In God We Trust and Always There For You. Yeah. Uh, we added those to the set list and we transposed them, brought, changed the key on them. But you know what? Uh, we'll we'll definitely add more of those songs to the set list. I would love, it's always been a dream of mine to perform Writings on the Wall live. Oh, wow. That's my personal favorite. Really? On that, uh, personal metal track on that album. And uh, it'd be great to someday perform it. Oh, wow. That's great for the fans right there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great. And we'll definitely make that happen. Uh, the way we would make that happen, it'd be easy. It's just drop it down a step. So instead of playing it in, in E position, we tuned to E flat. So it was in E flat. We would play it in uh, C sharp, uh, true C sharp. And uh, you would play it in the D position and with the drop drop down and, and it would sound chunkier and, and probably a little more 2020. Interesting. Wow. You posted you were mixing uh, Reborn again. Uh, very interesting for us fans. That's great news. An alternate version of Reborn. Uh, can you talk about that? Well, here's the thing about that. Uh, most fans are very supportive. There have been a few fans that have questioned uh, my motives and, and they're wondering why I would do that. And, you know, the, the story behind the story is... Uh, that was originally a solo album. Uh, I actually had a record deal in place, and uh, I played it for the guys, and they loved it. And we had already toured in '03, and we were discussing the possibility of reforming. And when I played that album for them, they loved it so much so that the instant reaction, and Oz even said this, uh, was, "Why, why not make this a striper album? This could be a striper album." Wow. So we took Reborn and we made it a striper album. And what's really interesting about it is if you listen to the original version, my version, it's identical to the striper version mm-hmm. and I mean identical uh, the only difference is um, a couple of the intros and outros uh, the different drummer different bass player uh-huh. uh, but for the most part 
apart. It's identical. And the thing that always bothered me about it later on, after the fact, not in that moment, because it was more about the 90s and the early 2000s, and which was an era of not many guitar solos, but it lacked guitar solos. We didn't focus on guitar solos. Right. And I just felt like, well, later on in life, I started looking back on that album and thinking, gosh, what a mistake, because we're a guitar band. Right. Why wouldn't we have guitar solos on, on all these songs? And so it was something I always wanted to do um, with my original version. And I own the rights to that. There are no legalities involved. I don't have to <clears throat> jump through any legal hoops to do that. So I decided to go in the studio, which has already been done, and I tracked guitar solos on the songs. I added just a few high notes, high, high screams, just a couple. And then um, a few other things like some synth in the choruses to kind of uh, really make the choruses kick in with some extra low end. Uh, and it's with the original drummer, Derek Kurzweil, and the original bass player, Lou Spagnola. And I tell you, it's rocking, man. It, it, it sounds so good, not to take anything away from the striper version, yeah. but I really believe fans are gonna absolutely love this. Awesome. Wow. We can't wait. Uh, yeah, because I, mean, I, I think that there are some great songs on that album. Um, you know, songs like uh, Reborn and Open Your Eyes, Live Again, of course, uh, Passion, Make You Mine, If I Die. There's some great songs. And yeah. I, I always wanted to kind of revamp them, and, and I've done so. And I, people are going to be pleasantly surprised because it sounds much more in your face and punchy and powerful. Nice. Very cool. Here's a different question. How does it feel having your brother on stage with you since since day one? Oh, I mean, it's great. You know, he's my brother, and, you know, there's a connection there. Always will be, always has been. Um, love, love, hate. You know, I love my brother, but, you know, sometimes he's the one that frustrates me the most, and I'm the <laughs> one that frustrates him the most. <laughs> and that's just a brotherly thing. That's 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 what you get, uh, you know. But I tell you, it's been great uh, being in a band with my brother, and, uh, you know, we, we really have a, a great connection. That would be at a different interview. Uh, I love his setup. He has a drum sideways uh, and stuff. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's always done that because I think Robert always wanted to be a front man. Yeah. And uh, wanted to be out in front, and that's why he turned his, his drum sideways so he could be seen more. And um, you know, it's just how he is. It's it's the way the way he is, and the way it works. And um, you know, it's it's a great opportunity for people when they come see Striper to see him because he is sideways, and you can really see everything that's going on, everything that he's doing. Here's a, a weird question: Have you ever been uh, talked into changing? The lyrics instead of uh, of God, you know, just a different. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've done two Sweet and Lynch albums, and George wanted me to do an album, the oh. third Sweet and Lynch, uh, where he wrote the lyrics. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, it wrote them from his perspective as an atheist. Yeah. And I said no. Oh well. You know, and the reason why I said no is because I always made a commitment to stand by my convictions uh, with anything that I record and perform on. You know, that's important to me. Uh, for example, Sunbomb. I'm doing a project called Sunbomb with Tracy Guns. Okay. And I just finished the vocals on it. And when I first got the lyrics uh, uh, quite a while ago, maybe a year ago, uh, 
the first lyric that I got was called Witches. Okay. And it was about burning witches. Oh, wow. And I immediately emailed everybody and I said, I'm not singing this. <laughs> wow. We, we have a problem. Yeah. And uh, all the lyrics were rewritten to basically align with who I am as a person. You know, and I don't want to ever jeopardize my integrity and my faith, nor will I. Understood. Wow. I got a couple of fan questions, Michael, uh, before we go. Uh, is Striper coming to Europe anytime soon after the pandemic, of course? Absolutely. Uh, I don't know exactly when. We're scheduled right now to do Sweden Rock. Oh, wow. uh, but what we need to do is plan and schedule a European tour. And we have not been uh, to Europe on a tour since 2010, so it's been a long time. But we, we plan on it. I just don't know exactly when. Uh, you know, I doubt that it'll be 2021, but I could absolutely see it being 2022. Well, and uh, it'll be very exciting. You know, we will come, and uh, obviously, it'll be an honor for us to to come and do that again. And uh, it'll be exciting to see our fans again. It's been so long, and we have many fans throughout Europe. And it's just sad that we've uh, not been able to get back uh, as often as we would like. Caesar from Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, we understand why you don't play. And God We Trust songs live, but so many fans want to hear It's Up To You, The Rain, and In God We Trust. What? Well, I mean, I think so many other fans probably want to hear different songs from right. that album. <laughs> I don't think The Rain would be one of them. I, I, I'm guessing it, the most popular songs, if you go on Spotify and yeah. iTunes from that album, are songs like uh, Always There For You, and which we do play. In God We Trust, obviously, which we do play. Um and then, then there are some other songs that are really popular. Uh, Keep the fire burning. Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe in you. I believe in you. There you go. Wow. Which is crazy because, you know, that was, a, that was the song, the theme song for the, the number one soap opera in... Um, in uh, Brazil. Oh, wow. Which was interesting. We didn't know that until we went and performed for the first time years ago. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of songs that are really popular on that album that we we would certainly add, like we discussed, Writings on the Wall. You know, we, we, yeah. we plan on adding that at some point. Uh, I would love to also add uh, maybe... Um, you know, World of You and I, or uh, Keep the Fire Burning, you know, another really popular uh, straight-ahead commercial song like that. Uh, and, and we will. We'll give the fans more of In God We Trust at some point soon, once we get out and start touring again, for sure. A fan by the name of Atoll is asking, what was your inspiration of forming a Christian rock band? Well, we just, you know, we went to church when we were younger, and we always knew God was in our lives and, and was there, and we kind of turned our backs on God uh, for a period of time, and then we came back to God. So we saw some friends who have committed their hearts to God back in the early days that walked into our rehearsals and said, hey, if you guys do the same, God's going to really change things up and turn things around for you as a band, and he'll bless you, and we did. We did that, and we just walked away from our old lifestyle and gave the band and committed the band to God. What's your encouragement to a young musician trying to get into the music industry, uh, Joel is asking? Well, I, I would just say go the extra mile. Don't ever, uh, you know, uh, accept the words, that's good enough. 
uh-huh. or that's enough. You know, always, always work hard to do more and to do better. And if you if you live with that commitment to music, you're going to be okay. And that's the, that's what I uh, that's the way I live my life as a musician. You know, there's always more to do, and you can always do it better. You can always improve. The, the best is yet to come. You have not performed. You have not written. You have not done your best yet. So if you you have that mentality, the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want to do. And that's the way I think, and that's the way I live my life as a musician, and hopefully others will, will uh, hear that as well and apply that to their lives. Nice. Uh, Andy's asking, uh, have you considered working with Matt Smith of Theocracy? You know, I haven't. Um, not, not really. I mean, I, maybe someday we will work together, but I, I, I haven't really thought about that because I've got so many other projects going on. Uh, just with Striper alone, you know, we plan to do a documentary, which we've been working on, uh, live performances of every album, which we've already done two, um, just a short while ago. You know, we've got an acoustic album coming out, another Striper album we're going to start work on end of next year. I've got another solo album I'm working on. I, I have so much on my plate for the next few years. So, you know, if, if time permits here on Earth, absolutely. And, and we'll see how that works out. Nice. Uh, Dave is asking, uh, how do you handle all the criticism over the years, especially from fellow Christians? You just keep smiling and, and moving forward. You don't let anything uh, knock you down. And if something does knock you down, you get right back up and you keep moving. Keep moving forward. You don't stay down. You don't ever have the attitude like, okay, I can't get up and I'm going to just quit right here and stay right here. You, if you do that, then you're done. You know, you're, you're not going to be successful in life at what you do. So it's important. And you have to apply that to your faith even more so you know you're going to get beat up the world's going to attack you people are going to attack you uh, for standing for God and standing in your faith and that's okay we've been doing it for years and there's no turning back for us no regrets uh, nothing's going to stop us from doing it for many more years to come a couple more questions uh, Cindy's asking why didn't you let your sister in any of your bands no particular reason just uh, you know we were we were four guys you know going out and rocking the world as four guys it's it, we just didn't i mean we actually to be honest that's not altogether true because we did actually perform with our sister a few times way back in the day uh but not in a band Okay. Not in a band situation. We never really gave it any thought. We never sat down and made the decision like, hey, our sister cannot be in the band. You know, we just, it just never happened. One more, one more question here. Ricky's asking, uh, you've mentioned uh, Eddie Van Halen as a influence. Who else is your influence? Well, I have quite a few. I mean, my dad, obviously is my biggest influence, uh, musically speaking, and biggest encourager. Uh, other people like Elvis Presley, believe it or not. Oh. Um, you know, I, I grew up listening to Elvis and watching Elvis my entire life. Uh, it, probably a bigger influence than I can even imagine. And then you fast forward to, to metal and rock. There's guys like, uh, vocally, Rob Halford, uh, Ronnie James Dio, Steve Perry, oh. uh, the guitar player, uh, Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, John Sykes, Michael Schenker. Uh, 
so many, you know, the list goes on, Neil Sean. Um, and, you know, as a, as a writer, so many people as well. You know, I, I love guys like um, David Foster, you know, yeah. oh. Tom Petty. I mean, I just love great writers. Uh, Don Henley, guys that can write incredible songs that move you. Uh, and those guys are inspirations to me as well. Uh, would you like to send a message to your fans listening to the podcast? Well, I love you guys very much, and I miss you. And, you know, before I get too old and too gray and too fat I hope that I can get back uh, to your area and your city your town and perform I hope that happens sooner than later and I just want to wish everybody well I hope everybody stays safe and healthy and you guys keep smiling and enjoying life and going out and breathing in the air and you know taking in the sunshine and the blue skies and you know stay positive stay faithful and, and trust that God has a plan for all of us and I can't wait to see you guys soon thank you Michael thank you for your time we appreciate it and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the road soon okay brother God bless you man take care and that concludes our interview with Mr. Michael Sweet of Striper, the extraordinary guitarist, frontman, not to mention vocalist, an awesome, awesome voice that he has that we all know. And uh, we would like to send our best wishes, the best get well wishes to Mr. Oz Fox, uh, guitarist, of course, lead guitarist and guitarist for Striper, who suffered a, a major seizure on the day we were interviewing Mr. Michael Sweet, a couple hours later, of course. So we wish him the best. Uh, I believe he's better now. He's at home. He posted uh, he is back at home and he's doing better. He He's not able to play guitar yet, but um, God willing, he'll be able to play guitar soon with therapy and all that. So best wishes go out to Oz Fox of Striper. And of course, we encourage you guys to check out all of Striper's discography, all of their CDs, albums. However you guys listen to music nowadays, check them out. They're all good. And the new one is entitled, Even the Devil Believes and they got the latest video divider do on to others and amongst other badass jams on there so anyways we thank mr michael sweet thank you for spending time with uh myself james and our podcast that metal interview podcast thank you uh, to mr michael sweet for answering the fan questions that uh were sent to us via social media so thank you michael for being uh, such a down-to-earth guy man so uh, very very down-to-earth and not big-headed He's very, very cool, and he's a great, great guy, man. So thank you, Michael. And uh, to all the fans, the people that listen to our podcast, thank you for listening one more time. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and this and that. Thank you for uh, subscribing to our YouTube page. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and subscribe. That way you can get notifications whenever we upload interviews with rock metal stars. Um, thank you for checking out our radio show, jrocksmetalzone.com. And don't forget to keep it metal. That metal interview.